Welcome back to the basement, fellow music lovers. You are now tuned into yet another fine, fine edition of Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, as usual. Uh, if you're ready, get, get comfortable because we got a good one for you today. We got maybe a little controversial one, depending on how you how you view the life around you, and uh, and also an, an enlightening one. We're going to tell you about a, a new DC band called Brushes. Um, first up, we're going to be talking about an article popped up in NTV News uh, questioning the legitimacy of the white male voice in in indie rock and roll. Has its time come? Has it gone? Uh, we are going to get to the bottom of that. Then we are going to dig deep into uh, Parquet Court's latest album their rock fest uh human performance and then uh immediately after that gonna play a song by uh, this band brushes now brushes actually has a uh, show coming up here in uh, washington dc it's songbird this saturday uh they're playing with the north country they're playing with big mama shakes uh, out of richmond virginia and uh you know it's it's just going to be an amazing show. I'm going to be there, uh, so you should probably be there. So, uh, tell you what, make a deal. You listen to this, and you sit, like think about what we said, and think about what you have to say, and uh, come find me at the show. Might be a few of us there, and then uh, share your thoughts, and we'll discuss it like rational adults, and it'll be awesome. Because talking to people is good, and that's what we do here. Uh, and apparently I have talked long enough, so here you go. This is episode number 176 of Chunky Glasses, the podcast, where we're reviewing the new album from Parquet Courts, Human Performance. Okay. It comes here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man Nearly a two-word review, just said. A- Shit sandwich. I will roll the record up and go to the That right there is a logical foul. What is this, 2011? <laughs> He's got a new album out. Okay. <laughs> it sounds just like all the other albums. I mean, that would be nice if it sounded like some of the older albums. Mm, yeah. But, all right. All right. Yeah. I'm <laughs> just shooting them down. Uh, we got a full crowd down here. This is, uh, <laughs> usually we're like two, we're running we're, two. Sometimes we're, really we're lucky. crammed in here. We're, yeah. like, we're running three, but now we got we got the full mic utilization. All four mics running at once. Uh, Unfortunately, we don't have uh, Andrew on the snare drum. We don't have when Andrew. We say something funny. Uh, we should contract him out. Seriously, we should. Or I've got to figure out a way to get the uh, James Hetfield soundboard working through this. That, or he, that's or when, he, that's when we get to production assistance to do something. Uh, which I'm going to talk to you about, Quinn, since you're Capital you're almost I a, intern. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, Quinn, welcome back to the basement. It's been a little while. It has been a while. Uh, I'm happy to, be, happy to be back. Since I last saw you, I finally experienced Above the Bayou. Might I say, sir, you have the finest rock club that I've been to in probably 15 years. <laughs> and I'm not bullshitting. There's no exaggeration with that. Well, uh, thank you. It's, it, uh, it's coming to an end in May. Yeah. But uh, 
don't know. Maybe if a kind stranger throws me several $100,000, <laughs> uh, we'll start up a, another real life venue. In Bedford, Virginia. You need about a million here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe in like uh, uh, Reston or something. Yeah. Oh. You can, it can be a new pop-up in New York, like a micro club. Like three people get in. <laughs> Two hundred dollars each. Yeah, but, but yeah. you have a line out the door. That's, that's you know you at buzz. least nine people. Even then, food costs would be a bitch. Yeah, the uh, mini bar of uh, <laughs> DC DIY. That'd be amazing. Uh, Eduardo, welcome back. You are gone for a little while. Although I don't know if people would know it. I think we put some in the can, so yeah, didn't no, seem took, like it. I but took a few weeks off. A couple was, weeks. Yeah. Uh, hung out with uh, Marco Rubio. I did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> any any luck on getting him to do the playlist? Um, not, not yet. I'm going to reach out to his people and okay. see if we can. Are you uh, the reason that he can't spell the United States of America? He can't spell? Really? What? He sent out a letter that had USA spelled wrong. I, I think that's just like the pain wow. of loss. Yeah. <laughs> I don't he know what be. it is. He's but... typing so hard. <laughs> <laughs> he was wrestling with his iPad like a motherfucker. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> that was, uh, he was locked in struggle with that thing. We, we so. might include that p- photo in the show notes if you don't mind because okay. it's hilarious because it just popped up and it was just like... I looked at it, I'm like, the fuck? And then Daria's like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> what's going on? Did Eduardo Photoshop that? Like, no. Nope. It's a real thing. Sat next um, to the senator. It's him reading a book upside down. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and Carrie, welcome back. Thank you. You braved the traffic. Uh, yeah. Thanks, cherry blossom people. Yeah. Oh, and like the nuclear... Summit. Oh, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, it is. We are reporting to you live down. from the nuclear summit. This is the only thing that's left. Like everybody huddles in their basement and podcasts, uh, which it, that's probably more accurate than I'd like to let on. Uh, we've got a good one for you this week. We're going to be talking about Parquet Courts. Their album is, I think it will be out by the time this comes out, but it'll be out soon around that time. April uh, 8th, maybe. Yeah. Also going to be uh, playing a track from a new DC band called brushes before that though. Uh, want to talk about a little article that popped up. This was in uh, MTV.com, the uh, last bastion of real news. I don't know. Well, but, well, huh? so an interesting footnote to this is uh, Jessica Hopper is the editor in chief of MTV. Is she now news now? Who is you know this is famous, very famous, yeah, yeah. probably the most famous rock critic. So she's splitting. Right she's now. splitting the difference between uh, Pitchfork. No, she quarterly. quit Pitchfork. She's done. Oh really? Yeah, she quit. Uh, and she's like heading up MTV, and they're trying to re- totally rebrand, do the indie music. Wow, everything. did not know that. Yeah, dropping knowledge. Uh, <laughs> basically, the, the the name of the the article is "Is Indie Rock Over the White Male Voice?" Um, sort of picking on uh, Dive and Porches, which I mean, fair enough because those two albums were <laughs> fucking boring. Uh, Porches was so hyped to everybody. Like, see her, and I, like I almost went, bought it, and then I listened to it. And I'm like, wow, this is boring. That's the first time you've ever admitted to actually acting well, on hype. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, the the point of this this uh, article. While it is picking on these two bands, I think the larger point it's trying to make is that for years now, indie rock has been just drowning in this uh, almost exclusively like white male privileged voice. And as we run in 2016 uh, and you have stuff like uh, Kendrick Lamar's The Pimp a Butterfly, not to pitch it as black and white, but even stuff uh, that is a little more subtle uh, – uh, artists from all kinds of walks of life, artists, diversity of artists everywhere, it becomes less and less relevant, and it's been less and less relevant for me, uh, honestly, since we probably started the blog. I, I, I hate what is deemed indie rock because it, it – I was discussing this with somebody earlier. It is uh, – whereas other forms of music 
sort of pull on a history and you can you can touch on that history most of indie rock most of the indie rock being pervaded by white males seems to be just they're just trying to they're, they're making their own thing out of n- nothing that large time it just isn't good and it, and it avoids uh you can't get any relevance like Eduardo you're shaking your head you're yeah no I mean I think I think that's um I think it's a I think it's a real issue and I think uh I mean anyone listening to this podcast has presumably been to a show in the past year of a band that's hyped on NPR or Pitchfork and you look around and um and it's not just indie I should I should qualify this but um yeah. but you know there's there's you know everyone is more or less the same version of a slightly different person Right. <laughs> I mean, everyone dresses more or less the same. Everyone went to college. And Donald somewhere. Sutherland's in the back pointing and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it is, you know, it's, uh, there's, a, there's a sameness to it. I think, I think what, what maybe the article misses a little bit is that um, if you go back to, you know, the kind of golden days of like the kind of the dawn of indie rock, you had um, bands like the Pixies and Jane's Addiction were on some level trying to engage with something outside of their heads at that time. Right. And I think that, you know, I was thinking actually reading that article, I was thinking about the Jane's Addiction song about my sis- sister and her boyfriend slept in the park, had to leave home because he was dark. Um, and they prayed around New York with a baby boy. I forget. Uh, shit, I forget what the song is called. But clearly, uh, Perry Farrell was trying to deal with some issues of race. And, and there was an attempt to do that. I think I think a lot of bands in the 90s also chose to make a statement of the personal being political. And I'm going to kind of... Um, you know, pull back into myself and explore that as, and, and mm-hmm. my indifference is itself a political statement. I, I think we're kind of over that as a culture. I don't think indifference is like an apathy is an acceptable political position at this point, personally. Is it, maybe Quinn can, you can have some, like, shed some light on this. Do you think it's a millennial thing? Because that's, that's a, that's a criticism you hear about millennials a lot. And honestly, it comes into a lot of writing. You know, the, when you see people writing like that, it's all about I, 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 you know, and if, if there's more than three eyes in an article, like it's just dead. Right. I, it's interesting. Cause I, when I think of indie rock, I, like, I now think of bands like pavement and smashing pumpkins, like these, yes. you know, they come up like the big come up built to spill these come up 90 bands, mm-hmm. um, who are clearly, extremely influential. Um, but I really think about the bands that I listened to in high school, um, who are like very white. Um, like three of the biggest yeah. bands in high school for me were, uh, LC sound system, Tyson, drawing kiss and arcade fire. Yeah. Um, and I like remember being 16 years old, engaging with those bands and thinking there was some kind of dissonance there. Like these bands were like making like important music. Uh, and like on reflection, I'm like, Hmm, I'm not so sure about that. Even if I did. Um, but I, but I still think that there are records by those bands that are important and do say something. Um, and I still think like the article isn't saying like a white, a band of all white males can't make an important record. No, it's it's, it's speaking to the saturation. It is. And, uh, I see it as someone who has booked a lot of shows and, Mm -hmm writes about music uh, and goes out of their way to not just book four bands with all white dudes. Um, right. It is like a huge problem. And like those records, the Portraits record is like atrociously boring. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, like I, I have been in Portraits. I call it a ring a bell every time somebody says that. <laughs> I've been it's the, invasively boring. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Here's Actually, we're going to see what adjectives we can put in front of this. Eduardo. It's like, it's, it's, he's, it's just a try hard <laughs> record because Portraits was making like decent enough, like guitar based indie rock. 
Um, they, they put out a record in 2011, 2012 that I did like, uh, and then they started making synth pop. It feels just like they're yeah. trying to like cat- like to like jump on some kind of trend that happened two years ago. Like maybe they should drop a vowel from their name or something. But um, <laughs> it just it and it's like when you watch, when you look at Aaron Mann and the dude from Porches, Cole, whatever his name is. It's just like this. You can see, you can feel their egos pulsing out of them, uh, yeah. and they don't deserve it. They right. they don't make good music. Right. I mean, and, and a point this makes in this, to, I'm paraphrasing here, but basically it says that you know, in in all these bands, finding finding success, uh, that it it created a code. And the article goes on to say, if your band checked these boxes uh, of posy and generic indie rock sound, then you too could have it all. And I think that's. That's also confounds the issue because we are in an age when the music industry is suffering and you have a lot of people complaining about not being able to make it when you're really talking about a band that like you have, you know, it's not a competition, but you do have to vie for people's ears. Yeah. um, It's kind of what's their definition of having it all. Like it's obviously not, you know, a lot of financial recompense because nobody's getting paid anything anymore, but it's. Uh, does that mean that you get on the OC soundtrack, which is also not a thing anymore? Um, <laughs> it's because that's where a lot of those, a lot of that stuff has has turned out is on um, soundtracks for girls, or yeah. you know that's where um, they're getting a lot of getting some traction. Um, I do want to Zach Braff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Zach Braff is the arbiter of because the white male well, indie but, voice. But, but, and that's the thing, though, and people who embrace that, though, I, I don't know if that's necessarily the subset of artists that we're talking about right right because that is smart that's just being a smart band but people right. are like fuck that why would I, I couldn't that's the man using my thing it's like well you're a privileged white dude and Nobody's you don't like know what the man is we've had we've had one of these discussions i think like a on a neil young thing and it was years ago yeah. about how there is no talk of selling out anymore because that's the only way bands get fed yep mm-hmm. you know every other ad has a who song in it and the who in the 70s or late 60s had you know the who sell out so that that's already an, a done issue, but mm-hmm. um, I I do want to um, comment on Quinn saying that he used to think these bands were really great, and now that he's spent some time in the basement, he's starting to question. <laughs> <laughs> so what, like, what are you trying like, to say? Team Old is like drawing all of the verve <laughs> out of the youth vote over there. I feel oh, I feel no. proud and sad at the same well, time. <laughs> well, it's interesting. Like what? And after this, we should like talk about the flip side of like interesting music being made by yes. non-white dudes. Yes. Um, but. What led, what, how did we get here, basically? And we, I think, wait, the reason we got, I mean, the biggest reason is like overwhelming uh, male dominance in the music industry and just, yeah, at, sure. But that, that's, it's not, like, it, that's it, not a new thing. That's not a new <laughs> thing, exactly. So it, I, I think it's interesting to try to like think about, I mean, think about indie and very large quotation marks and try to trace these like 90s bands yeah. through like maybe drop off in the early 2000s and come back in with Arcade Fire and with yes. LC Sound System. Um, I still think LC Sound System is a great fucking band. Yeah, but, they, they, uh, they still yeah, are. You'll get no now now they really are. They're back. <laughs> yeah, now they really are. They're back. There's, uh, there's definitely, I think, greater societal trends that might feed into this. And I remember reading, I know Dan Behar is not popular in this basement, but, uh, but there, is, there, is a <laughs> like Behar. there is a destroyer lyric about, you know, this is just your precious American underground and it's born of wealth. And I think there is, you know, uh, uh, like I think that probably reflects his experience of probably growing up like working class and sure. going to a public university in Canada and getting to meet his heroes, you know, presumably people like Thurston Moore or whatever, playing festivals in Europe and realizing, holy shit, these people came from like happy families where the parents right. were still married and, you know, they went and, to college and, and they went to a private college, school college in, a, in the United States. Radio basically right. yeah. started their career. Yeah. 
and privileged so, kids. I mean, like in you know quotations, but yeah. yeah, no. So 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 I think there is. I like like in the in one of the pavement reissues, they talk about living in. New York in the late 80s, early 90s. And they're like, people forget that just 10 years ago, Brooklyn was like legit scary. Like in the yeah. in the Dinkins days when Pavement lived in Brooklyn, like yep. that was not a good place to live. It was not a hip place. It was it was definitely on the scary side. And and then I think about a place like H Street here in D.C. where you could <laughs> right where you could you could spend a month's worth of Friday nights out on H Street and really not interact with much of the neighborhood there. And that's not that's not that's not a diss, but it is. It speaks to this kind of like more sanitized, safer urban yeah. environment, which is probably a reflection of like a larger societal stratification that this is. So yeah. it's just it's just funneling into. I think it's the movement of this. Uh, and I think to like posit one possible solution to this, it, it will take a uh, a shift in the way the people who are making this stuff Think because what what we've seen is a movement of all of this to become simply pop, yeah. And the last thing you, I mean, if you're in an indie band and you're starting up, you're the original meaning was like you're sort of against the grain. You're doing something different, but the reality is, is you're trying to do something that is not different at all. And uh, and people, I think, are uh, a lot of the reason why you see a lot of people just not making it is because they're tired of it. Because what you wanted to talk about because there's so much more out there that doesn't get a voice. Right. And that is a genuinely subver- subversive and challenging yeah. like status quo and challenging uh, uh-huh. industry and societal norms. And that's being made in uh, it's being made. That's being talked about through music and not, yeah. but not like a four person and often not a four person white dude, like right. generic jangly guitar band. Right. Um, like I loved real, I love real, I used to love real estate, but they make songs about nothing. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I also like real estate. Oh my God. I, know. I will anchor the other side over. Um, so is that, is that just it? Like people start reporting more on like ignoring this stuff and start reporting more on the other stuff. Is it just going to be, a, uh, uh, organic shift to, away from what we see? I mean, I find myself this year, uh, definitely like, I mean, like I, I, that we've talked about a lot of white boy music. That, that is true. I mean, Boston is sort of in the in the credits. <laughs> I can't. But uh, I find myself seeking out more and more stuff that maybe necessarily isn't. Right, and uh, I think what's important is we're getting past the stage where, you, like, you're not act, you're not actually like, all right, I'm going to go listen to some non-white music today. It's right. just happening. You're just like it's coming yeah. into your inbox or your Spotify or whatever. Yeah. You're not, you know. And I think that's the true point of saturation. It's no longer like. Like there's no, you're, it's less about quotas and actually mm-hmm. more about this is just what it is. Yeah. As, so it's, so it's just going to happen. We don't have, we're, we're good. We don't have to do any work. I think, I think, <laughs> I mean, I think even like hosting a small podcast or having shows in your house, you still hold a position of privilege where you can yeah. like, you have a little bit of sway over what people see or listen to for even 30 minutes. So I think it's, I, I don't think it's over. I think you still have to be vigilant about it. Do, do. You know what the transition is. Now let's talk about parking. <laughs> <laughs> now let's talk about a four person. What? Yeah, I mean, uh, in Brooklyn, who are yeah. also originally from Texas. <laughs> yeah, I guess unless Eduardo, you looked like you wanted to say something. No, I was just gonna. I was just gonna wonder if other genres struggle with these same questions of whether they're. You know, I wonder if like. Um, uh, if there are people wondering if like um, 
Well, I know like, so bluegrass probably has a generational problem. Um, uh, of course. <laughs> right. <laughs> I've been, I've been to, I've been you to damn a, kids. <laughs> I've been to, um, I've been to a fish show with a, with a black friend. And let me tell you, it is, it is so easy to find your spot on the lawn. If you're the one person who's there with the black, <laughs> with the black guy, oh my God. Um, you, you don't need to hold up a pole so like, with like a, right, like a doll or right. a flag so, on it. So like, just... are the, are the arbiters of the jam band community worrying about whether the jam band scene has a race problem? Does, does hip hop have, does hip hop have a white problem? Like, well, I think what or, you're speaking to is like, is, what kind of music are is getting like plugs on blogs like NPR and Pitchfork and MTV? Yeah, like it's it is an indie based like youth culture of sorts. So like and like people, there, and there, people, there but, is a indie based youth culture. I mean there there are if you go out there's like there's more podcasts that I can count dedicated to weird niche things of jazz. True, and but stuff. people right. always try. People really like to try to like categorize a gener- like a generation like millennials with the i think yeah, yeah and so they like that people want to categorize like they want to be able to because music critics are like like i'm sure having existential crisis being like oh i'm like really just like a, a shitty music critic i should probably try to write about right. it. they're like oh i need to like i need to like put this in a context of a generational thing um and like people they've done that since the 60s they've done it forever uh and I, so that's why i think there's such a focus on the indie of it yeah 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 and i don't even think it's fair to focus on necessarily the indie thing i i what i took away from this article a lot of and what i believe is going on is that you know people it's not full-out tribalism but people just like to segment off and you like what you like and that's essential not just to your development i think that's essential to a lot of people uh, for just being an adult functioning in the world because it's somewhere safe that you can go to and you can be like, oh, I identify with this group of people in this. So it's not full on star bellied snitches, but it is it, it's it's, you know, half right. measures. Yeah. Uh, and the only thing that does is uh, keep you, whatever group you're in, away from some really good shit. So, you know, maybe the work to be done is just like target a group that you think would never like this thing and then be like, you know, okay. Yeah. And, and, and you as the listener, you know, you don't have to go into a record store and deal with snobby taste police anymore telling you what you can and can't like. Nope. You have streaming services. You have to listen to us. Just, right. <laughs> There's us, of course. We're friendly. We're friendlier yes. than your average record store clerk. But, but. Tastemakers, nonetheless. <laughs> But no, but like, but like stream, go, go look for some other country that you've never heard music from and, yeah. and, and check that out. And, uh, you know, you can do that. No one has to know you're doing it. You don't even have to spend any money to do it because you do it by streaming. Do so. you have a country you'd recommend? <laughs> I, I do, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to talk about it on a future podcast, actually. That's right. We are. Okay. Uh, I do. I, there's a fantastic box set uh, that I was sent. Uh, I'll put the name in the show notes of Moroccan music oh, nice. uh, that is coming out. And it's, uh, it's, it's about 70 tracks. It's all field recordings, and it's amazing. It's an anthropological study of music, uh, and some would say that's just like hip as fuck, and like the hipsters are going to be twirling their mustaches and be like, "Ooh, I should listen to this." But you really do need to. Uh, Daria and I were listening to it, and it's it's fascinating to see how much in common that has, just at a core level, with stuff with everything else, the stuff that's been going on. So. Uh, yeah, I'll put that in the show notes. That's good. The, I just sent you an email today about the uh, Jamaican one. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, right. So, yeah. So uh, I bit the bullet. I, I, de- I grabbed it, and I'm going to listen to it after you guys leave. So Apparently, Quinn and I don't get that because we like real estate. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. We'll just like. 
We'll start our own blog. Yeah, you should. <laughs> Junkie asses. Uh, no. <laughs> we'll get more hits. All right, so let's talk <laughs> about... So that, that's that's a bit for the uh, article. Let's talk about four guys making rock music. Woo! <laughs> It's not that expensive, but that takes commitment and you just don't have it. Feel so effortless to be a stranger, but feeling foreign such a lonely habit. You can't crap yourself out of the picture, out of focus, but still framed inside. Well, the end got blurry and my heart started hurting for you. <laughs> uh, that is uh, Berlin Got Blurry off of uh, Parquet Courts. Uh, this is their fifth album. Human Performance. Human Performance. Uh, we're actually doing this one for you, Quinn. For me? Yeah. It's, you, like, when long, we did, it's like when we did the pile. Yeah, yeah. Pass. Early on in the year, <laughs> you said, you said, hey, can we talk about this? I said, fuck yeah, let's do that. Um, they are originally from Texas, as we were saying. They, they uh, eventually moved to Brooklyn, I believe. Uh, their last album, Sunbathing Am- Animal, I know Carrie liked it a lot. Yes, I did. So I they actually had an album after that too. Uh, did they? As Parquet yeah. Quartz. Yeah, 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 Quartz. Um, yeah. Which uh I liked better than Some Anything Animal. Yeah. Um but it's funny, but yeah, I so guess was that lot. the instrumental one? No, that okay. that's like a piece of shit. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that, uh, that was a mistake. That was just like they I don't know who let them put that out. Yeah. Um yeah. but we don't talk about that. No, no, no. There, so so there's some parts on this that are a little uh self-referential as well yeah yeah if if, if, you, if you were listening to that you were thinking the clash you're probably right uh in their dna is a lot of you have the velvet underground you have uh some sonic youth action you have some pavement you actually have uh to my mind a local band a lot of brenda so i'm sure I'm, and i'm sure those guys have been influenced by parquet they love not the parquet other, yeah not not the other way around <laughs> uh or oh, that'd be awesome if it was the other way around you, th- you think it was john just like banging on the door like listen to our fucking tape man <laughs> <laughs> um, they also uh, so there's a song in this album called Paraphrased yes uh, and we'll listen to it after the show but there's a song by DC band Bless they're called Bless uh-huh. and it's like almost the perfect rip off of that song which I wow. thought was really like, I, there's no way they heard it but it's just it's just very right. similar in the style right um, you know we were just talking about the uh, four white dudes in rock that's exactly what this is uh, they are uh, this is this is almost like a, a New York cool or at least it's trying to be um, since I know you are a fan, Carrie and Quinn, I know you are. Let's start with Eduardo. Uh, <laughs> so, so Eduardo, like, uh, you don't want to do pro con pro. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just going to bounce well, off from here. I'll have, yeah, I, I think I'll have more, uh, critical things to say. Um, I do, I do, I do like this band. I think they've, um, they've put out a couple of nice records. I enjoy their sound. I enjoy um, the the aesthetic and what they're going for, but I have a hard time seeing how it goes beyond that. You know, we're going to do this very specific, almost like a period piece mm-hmm. sound. I think on occasion they kind of you know find a way out of that and they kind of break out of the mold. Um, on this album, I think it's actually um, some of the more like slower, elegant songs where they almost like channel Jonathan Richmond or something like that. That's yeah. that's what really works on this album. 
um, for me. In the past, I think it was when they were a little bit more more aggro. Um, I, I just, you know, where I struggle with these guys a little bit is that when you talk about all the seminal bands that they're referencing, these are bands that uh, put out three to five albums and then go away mm-hmm. and usually are never to be heard from again until they're all old and broke and need reunion cash money. Um, and even, and I think I remember reading a quote um, from Stephen Malkmus about Pavement's breakup, just saying, you know, all the bands I like at some point broke up. And so why would I keep Pavement going just to keep it going? It's not a career. This was a band. It had its life. It ended. So that's, so, so my question with the Parquet Courts every time I listen to them is, is sort of like, how does their career, what does this look like over 10 years or something? Because I like the fact that they're not precious about putting out music. Um, they've released pretty consistently for the past three or four years, I think, um, about an album a year, mm-hmm. give or take. Um, they don't, you know, they don't seem to take themselves too, too seriously, although they're clearly aspiring to be part of like a New York tradition. Um, so I just don't know, like, um, and that doesn't bear on the quality of this album, which is a fine album. I just don't know, like, what we're going to be able to say about them in 10 years that we haven't right. already said. So, I mean, Quinn, it, it, are these guys considered punk? Because I hear this, and, and especially on this album, more so than anything, I hear what uh, Eduardo is talking about a little bit. Uh, and it's it it comes off almost as, as pastiche to me because it just um, – you know, you were saying you can spot the influences. Mm-hmm. Like you can spot them everywhere, and, and at every point along the time, line when they're putting out these influences, I'm like, okay, now I have to pay attention to what you're saying. And then, if you're doing that, you better be saying something good. And I don't know a lot of this. You know, the song uh, "Dust," the first track. You know, it's you know, and and there's a lot in this album, supposedly about. Uh, what did they say? about this album um, that it was uh, recorded over the course of a year against a backdrop of personal and mental instability. I mean, that's, that's a good story. And if it's true, great, but everybody has, you know, problems. And so I, I, I wouldn't, I think they're a punk band. I don't think this is a punk album. I mean, it's not. Okay. It's not a punk is that, album. Is that, so, so they're. Yeah. I mean, I, I, something I've been saying since we started talking about this is this is their tamest record ever, for sure. Um, Light Up Gold, which is like their kind of like breakout album. Yeah. yeah. Uh, definitely has some like, is, is a borderline punk album. They always have this kind of um, pastoral, country, uh, Great Plains feel. Always they try to, where, you know, like, that, the there's guitar, a little twang. There's twang on that. It's, t- it's Telecaster with the right reverb. Yeah. You know. Right. Like, yeah. Um, they could, you know, and I think they do that here where they slow it down. They throw in a little organ. They, you know, they throw different, it's different stuff. Um, but I was a little disappointed by how tame this album was. I really liked uh, Parky Court songs like, um, what's the name of the song on uh, Sunbathing Animal? Um, Ducking and Dodging mm-hmm. was one of my favorite songs. Uh, uh, songs on Light Up Gold, like um, the first two songs, I forget what they're called. And then songs on, even on uh, uh, their, their Parquet Quartz album, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Content Nausea is a great song and definitely ha- there's a, you know, content nausea that there's a, there's a meaning behind that. Yeah. Um, they kind of just list off like this, like very, um, docile kind of lifestyle. I don't know. So I think that they, they have, it's just, they have things to say. I don't know. Or they had things to say. I don't know if it quite came through right. in this album. If, uh, yeah, it's interesting because the, it is noted that they, all the other albums they took, uh, they made them pretty quickly, and this one they actually took a year to make. So I wonder what that says about their interaction, their their 
you know, functioning as a band. Like maybe that's not good from Carrie. But you, uh... um, yeah, what I've I listened to this a couple of times before I read anything about it, uh, which is what I usually tend to do. Um, I was really excited about this coming out because I have liked all of their older stuff. I agree that this is a lot tamer. I don't think this is. And it, it keeps getting written up as a you know a new punk album, which I think is absurd. It's it's a Chris, summer. Chris Richards just did an article in the Post today. Yeah, it's like a summer uh, fun album. It yeah. is not a punk album. Um, for example, I was I had to listen to it three times while I was in the car just getting over here because <laughs> of traffic, and um, rather than making me want to actually murder people, it actually kind of calmed me down. <laughs> oh. So that's not punk. I think it's kind of the definition of, of yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> less murdery rather than. Full on ragey. Um, I I think it's a great uh, album. I think it's really well constructed, even though it doesn't sound like it's got a lot of construction to it. There's so much in it that I just I really enjoy spotting the the different um, variables that are coming into it. Yeah. I mean, Dust is when you listen to it, it's a stupid insipid song, <laughs> but it's so fun to listen to. It's like right. this perfect blend of uh, like '60s surf pop and um, King a, and King Missile. There's it's almost a little. Like, there's almost King a little. There's, there's almost a little Beck <laughs> yeah, in this stuff. Like yeah. early, oh, yes. early Beck. First album. First album Beck. I have that written and, down. And and actually, and it's, it's more the the. Uh, I, I'll, I'll swap insipid with just sort of nonsensical. Right. Well, it's. Lyrics. I mean, obviously, it's the what I read about it is that they were they were writing about how particularly living in New York that you just have all of these um, inundations of everything. There's just life and social media and work everything is coming at you and you know the lyrics for dust are it's coming through the windows it's coming through the doors so you gotta sweep i mean it's it's like a beat you over the head metaphor it's not even clever yeah i just i just thought they should get a cleaning person and and maybe (laughs) and maybe write about something else it's interesting because um, is that a new band it's not really about (laughs) when when you talk about the hype and the new york thing uh they are not they do not have a facebook page for their band no they don't have a twitter facebook right they have no so I to your precious point, um, Eduardo, which I think is interesting. <laughs> but, 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 but here's what I will say: they like they made a big deal a couple of years ago about we're not going to use social media, we're going to do everything old school. Well, they're not using social media, but their record label is using social media because Absolutely. they painted they painted the the new cover before they announced the album. They painted it on the side of a building, and then like they were Instagramming the shit out of it. Right, and it's like okay. Well, I'm not doing it. So well, you're saying that just the fact that they use like flip phones doesn't make them like legit analog. Uh, <laughs> no, but it does. It does do. put them in the New York tradition. It does, it does. It does put them in the New York tradition. But back back to our discussion at the front of this uh, podcast, you know, that's sort of what I was talking about. Like, you know, they're clinging to what they uh, maybe they're trying to redefine uh, a scene or genre that they think is gone. But at the end of the day. That doesn't get them anything. Yeah, but I, I mean, it does actually because they're. It's an interesting album. That what I would have said, you know, earlier if I felt like it was not already addressed by you guys is I don't really care what genre you're in. I don't care if you're a beardy white man. If you're putting out music that's good, who gives a shit what genre it's supposed yeah, to be? Yeah, I agree. In? I don't care if you're a orangutan. I think this is a good album. I think it is interesting. I think it stands out from other stuff that I've heard in the last year or so. Um, it definitely harkens about 25 other bands, um, but that doesn't mean that it's not original and doesn't add something to, you know, the, the general listening milieu of the year. It's probably not going to be on my top 10 of the year because it's not something I'm going to listen top to. Top 250? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm Pitchfork. I have top 200 and tell. Um, 
It's not, it's not going to be on the top 10 because it's not something that I personally am going to listen to right. again and again. But if I'm, you know, taking a road trip this summer, yeah. it is definitely going to be listened to but, a lot of times. But does this, does this album stand out for you in a way that's different from the way their other albums stood out? Not necessarily. Because for me, they're all very much the same kind of, you know, even yeah. like, like we're talking about slightly different shades that this one's a little bit more low key. But, I think this is a lot more low key. But they all do the same thing. Right. There's not like that's the thing that I struggle with is like I've not seen an evolution. And so mm-hmm. you're influenced by the Velvets. Great. So were Luna and Yola Tango. Right. But they right. didn't sound like the Velvets on every record that they put out. Oh, Yola Tango sounds like them every Yes, they do. I'll address that point. Well, I think oh, okay. I <laughs> think this might be part of a larger conversation. Um, but I think the the whole like millennial I like thing. Um, like, I wonder how much of. Like Andrew Savage, who's the lead song sing, yeah. songwriter. I, mean, I think uh, the other Austin. I think he writes some of the songs, but he's like the main. Andrew Savage is the main songwriter. How much of his music is just to be like to just show like this is how cool I am, or like this is who I am, and like let me like let me prove to you my influence. Which let's uh... um, because I think that that's always happened, but it also is might be particularly prevalent here. Let, let let's hear a song. Okay. And then come back and address that. Is that cool, Carrie? Yeah, you no, that's do fine. So, so let's hear a song of I him doing that. It'll wait. Yeah, of doing that. Uh, this is outside off of uh, Parquet Court's Human Performance. Let's, uh, Eduardo, can you repeat that? Yeah, so this is from an article, uh, an interview the band did with DIY Mag, and um, they say that the, re- the studio where they recorded this in upstate New York, uh, quote, it's got a few gold records on the wall, let's just say that, Andrew chuckles. There was, there was Hall & Oates, Huey Lewis, Paul Simon, dot, 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 the B-52's record with Love Shack was recorded there, unquote. So, so and to your thing that you were saying, like he he hoped that it was uh, just somebody's favorite album of all time. Yeah, that was the. He other just quote. got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting because, like, with the whole no social media, like we're gonna yeah. like that's I you know that was an anti ego thing. They wanted it to be at least. It's like oh we like we're not gonna succumb to this like like reflective generation of people just like writing about what they had for lunch. Right. Um. 
but saying something like that is basically being like, we're kind of hot shit. Uh, it and, is, you know, it, it, and like, I'm not, there is a very important place. Uh, ego has a very important, important place in great art. Mm-hmm. Um, it's essential. so I'm not dissing so, it. I'm just yeah. saying there is some contradiction there, but, but it also might not be important. So, so uh, Carrie, <laughs> I've been waiting so patiently. <laughs> um, I think on the um, the yeah, the ego thing and the him trying to highlight, you know, the the, the self importance of of what he's trying to say. It's um, the like with dust and a couple of other um, pieces in the album. It seemed to me like they were trying to encapsulate like what it's like to be that age in New York right now so that they would be like a time capsule of, of sorts. And where I do think that the weaker parts um, of the album are uh, like when there's a lot of spoken parts and the um, woman reading the headspace script over oh, the, um, the, the yoga bit. Oh yeah. God. And it's cause it basically, that to me was kind of hearkening how many apps are available on social media to try to, address all the stress of of living and life and because it does sound like headspace or these meditation things that you put on your phone so it was kind of like that's the last song uh already dead it harkens back to dust and i think it falls right into that we're the band that's gonna like talk to the youth of uh this is how hard it is to live in in brooklyn right like we are the savior yeah what's you know i uh sort of off that because nilson was sort of egotistical character <laughs> if you will uh you know that one man no city the mm-hmm. first time i heard it mm-hmm. uh, the notes i put down it's, it sounded like jump into the fire by harry nelson or superfly which you know <laughs> either one you could be either one you could be in yeah. in new york city so if if that's their goal uh they are touching all the i mean that that's that's one of the coolest songs of all time jump into the fire uh lcd sound system in fact when they went away that was the next to last song that they did uh, it's amazing, and if that's, I guess what they're trying to emulate without just straight out covering the shit, yeah. Then uh, maybe this is, maybe this is them just stretching, and not not quite getting to where they think they're gonna be. Well, what I wrote about the one man no city is um, that that's where I feel like the album is it's most self indulgent. Like the end of that song where it just kind of like splays right. out, and that's that goes right in with the Nielsen thing where it's like I'm just going to keep playing this one part over and over again. Yeah, it's a, it's a vamp, and it just like boom, it exactly, goes on, exactly. and it gets right in your head, and it yeah. doesn't let go, and, it, and you just and it's not in your head like a catchy like earworm type thing. Right, like it's <laughs> just like it's just stop. beating it over the head. <laughs> right. With an and then emoji. it ends with like the one solid guitar riff, which is like a little wink. Ah, see what it did there? Yeah. It's like, yeah. okay, I don't do that. <laughs> so I, I guess uh start with you. Me? Yeah, what are you going to do with this I'm a one? super buy. Super buy? I'm a super buy. Have I might su- even buy have, it on two different formats. Shit. I, I you, really, you, really like it. Have you super bought all their albums? It's not, my, it's not my favorite album of all time. It's probably not even my favorite album of 2016, but I am going to buy it. Um, I do have, uh, I think I have three of their priors yeah. that I actually bought with my hard-earned cash okay. and didn't get for free. Eduardo? I'm a solid stream. Yeah. Um, I'll probably, you know, there's, I'm, I'll probably sit there for a while. I really like the song outside. We were just talking about it while it was playing. It's such a good song. Mm-hmm. Um but I think I think for the album, I you know I bought their first album. I haven't bought anything of theirs since, but I've enjoyed streaming all their albums, so I'll keep doing that. Yeah, Quinn, I'm in the buy. Uh, yeah. There's 
Are they playing in your house? <laughs> uh, well, they got a flat well, they tire. Are, they're only, they are playing the early show at 9.30, so maybe we'll be like, hey, come on. Is that, is that the same night? No. What? No, it's not. It's after okay. that. Um, but I would make an exception for them. Yes. Um, I I think, you know, they are still a good band. They know how to write a damn good song. Yeah. Uh, I think they need to kind of balance out the message here. I think some of their earlier songs really hit, are good message songs. Content Nausea being one of them. Um, pretty Machines being another one, which is, you know, pretty heavy, heavy handed. Uh, they're still a damn good, better band than Porches or Dive. Um, <laughs> they're, 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 they don't take themselves that seriously. Right. right. Well, uh, and, and that's, that's good. I, I don't know if that's true or not, but if I hope they don't. Right. Because, right. because I, I'm actually going to stream it and because I, I think, um, I don't see this as an evolution, but like I just said, I, I feel it is a little stretching, and I'm interested to see what this band turns into. They have never particularly impressed me, and as much as I'm just sort of meh on this album, I am more intrigued by them now. Have, are you, you've caught our infectious enthusiasm. I mean, do I sound enthusiastic? No. <laughs> like, He's almost got a case of the Youngs. Yes, almost <laughs> got a case of the Youngs. But uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm going to stream it and... Uh, and go see it live. Cool. I mean, last time, last time they put out a full length in what summer 2014. Four months later, there was another album. So there could be another Parker Courts album this year. Bring it. Uh, Bring it, it, they, on. it. Seems like they have the ability to write that much material in the year. So. Bring it on, Parker Courts. Dust is everywhere. Sleep. Okay, Parquet Courts Human Performance. Uh, you know, don't listen to us or do I don't know. Get out and get out and check it out for yourself. Get out. We'll have the uh, tour dates up on the page for this. They're playing, like you said, Gwen at the nine thirty club. That is in when uh, May May twelfth. May twelfth. I want to say it's the early show. So uh, you and know, as of this date, there are still tickets. And, and I will say this: almost about any band that we've ever talked about on this, whether or not we say we love it, you. You hate it. Uh, it changed your life. It stole your wife. Whatever. Uh, it. If you get the chance to go see anybody we're talking about live, I guarantee you it's worth it. I don't think we've talked about a bad live band ever. I can't think of one. That's just me thinking back. So maybe we should just start reviewing live shows on a podcast. That'd be weird. <laughs> um, That'd be timely. Live, yeah. Live, show, live. Live, live at the show. Uh, <laughs> I wow. think that's called recording. And live I think periscoping? Illegal. <laughs> um, before we get out of here this week, we're going to do what we always like to do, which is play a track, uh, something new. Maybe it's something old. This week it is something new. It's something local, too. Uh, Brushes, fronted by one Nick Anway, uh, who is from the band Baby Bri Bri, who have not been very active lately, but I think they've got some stuff, I think got they, some stuff coming. They, got they, were, wings. they were playing... A house show every other week. For what? How, a how good would you? How would you just? What? What would you describe them as? Baby Bri Bri. Yeah. Um, they sound a lot like the band Girls. Yes. Um, in fact, I've talked to Brian about how much he's been influenced by them. Yes. Uh, and I th- they, it's just uh saccharin pop like yeah. 
Um, They're fun the as fuck is yeah. the point. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't seen brushes, but since Nick is a part of this, and I think a couple other people in, in Baby Bri Bri, and our friend uh, Sean, um, you know, Sean Barna, I would bet these guys are pretty fun. The album is pretty fun. Dropped, what, like two weeks ago? Uh, Bandwidth, City Paper. Everybody does a story except us because they didn't email us, guys. Uh, but we're going to we're gonna take care of that now. So uh, what we have for you is a song by Brushes right here in Washington, D.C. called Thought I'd Call Because You're the Caller. The Colin. Look at that again. <laughs>
All right. I uh, butchered the title in the first round. I'm not going to do it this time. I <laughs> thought I'd call because uh, you're calling. All right. I did that right. Uh, that's brushes. Um, you know, nice little tag at the end there that we have varying opinions on, but we don't need to dive into that. Oh, good, that track. good track. Good yeah. track. Yeah, that it's a good really track. Good. It's, 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 I, I was, uh, suffice to say, skeptical when I first heard about this project. I was like, oh, here we go again with a thing. And, uh, and then I downloaded it what, two days ago and I was like, yeah. Yeah, I'm stoked to see you live. I yeah, think they're playing. I, I am. There's a release show on Saturday. Actually, is a, there a house show somewhere? I don't know. I never. Uh, I, don't, I don't even know if I'm going, but maybe I will. Yeah, yeah. I forget what's Saturday is. Uh, Laura Gibson. Laura Gibson at IOTA, which this will come out in the future. So if you want to see that show, you'll have to have a time machine. <laughs> um, that's our podcast for this week. Thank you guys for coming down. Uh, I know. Y- Carrie, you and Eduardo will be back soon. I don't know when you'll be back, Quinn, but you at least have to come back because uh, Above the Bayou is soon to be no more, and we're going to do a little exit interview, hopefully, with you and Maddie. Yeah, I talked Maddie. Uh, we're in. Yeah, so, yeah. that'd oral be fantastic. History. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> An oral history? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Awesome. And, and we will – it's up to you. Maybe we'll have details on the site about those shows. As they get closer yeah, or not? Yeah. Why you not? want the hype? I mean... You want to blow it out? I mean, it, yeah, let's blow it out. Okay. I mean, like, yeah. I want to burn the place down after I move out. Okay. <laughs> All right. You heard it here first. I'll edit that out. All right, good. Thank <laughs> you. Because the likelihood that it does get burned down is pretty high. Uh, yeah, that's and a you, podcast. You won't be able to claim an accident <laughs> if you planned it months in advance. Evidence of intent. Uh, we will talk to you is in a few voice? short days. Until then, uh, be good to yours. Be better to your people. See you later. Kenobi! <laughs> 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 <laughs>